Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome to mini episode 291 of Real Life Ghost Stories. And we have one spooky story today and that story comes from the 7th of April 2023. And our story today comes from Brie. I have always been sensitive. It seems to be the most intense and accurate for me when it comes to places, buildings and homes. And even places I've only seen photographs of. I do occasionally pick up on things from objects as well. In just about every case that I was able to see these feelings through, I found that they were rather accurate and I've learned to trust them. My very first experiences that I can vaguely remember and believe were paranormal occurred when I was about four or five years old. I was fairly sheltered and not allowed to watch anything dark or scary and therefore had little to no basis for my imagination to be mistaken for something paranormal. The only ghost story I'd ever heard was about a ghost scaring people by saying, I'm the ghost with the bloody finger, and the final person being haunted telling the ghost to shut up and get a band-aid. Not even a little bit scary. Most of my memories of my childhood are either long forgotten or hazy, but I know I saw shadow people in my first home. I don't remember fearing them, but being wary. I do vividly remember a night when I saw a shadow on the screen of my open bedroom window as if it were being cast by a large man standing directly in front of it. But I was immediately told whatever I saw was not real. My parents divorced when I was five, sometime in 1998. I know I rarely had any trouble staying alone in my room at night until my mom moved out and bought her own house. It was just her and I and it felt so different there. Perhaps it was partially due to the adjustment of living somewhere new for the first time in my life but I vividly remember how I felt in my new room, and it was far worse than suffering the discomfort of a huge and confusing change. It was a small Cape Cod-style home that was built in the 1950s in Pennsylvania. The second floor had two bedrooms, a small closet for the furnace and hot water heater, and a tiny bathroom with no more than a toilet and a sink just outside my bedroom door. I slept alone on the second floor, and it felt much more like a renovated attic than an actual second floor due to the slanted walls and one tiny window that all caused it to feel rather closed in and dark. I still perfectly remember just how utterly uncomfortable, unsettled and unsafe I felt in that room, but I don't ever remember questioning why. All I knew was that I was terrified of my room and did not want to sleep up there alone, so I would beg my mom to stay with me until I fell asleep and would regularly wake back up and sneak down to her bed to sleep there until morning. She tried so hard to find some sort of incentive to encourage me to stay in my room, but even the most exciting rewards did not make a difference. 
I remember wanting to do it so desperately because I really wanted a particular new toy or whatever else she was offering, but I simply could not do it. After a while, my mom remarried, so unless I wanted to sleep on the couch every night, I had to sleep in my room, and eventually I learned to partially ignore the way that I felt. When I was around nine, they brought home a new dog, a small terrier who thankfully slept in my room every night. This is where the actual occurrences began. Here and there, I would wake up in the middle of the night to find him standing at the end of my bed, still as a statue, and silently staring at the darkest corner at the opposite end of my rectangular room. Nothing more came of that for a little while, but something always felt really off every time it happened and it absolutely terrified me. Maybe a year or so later, there was an evening that I was home alone and quietly doing homework in the living room, which was right below my bedroom. I began to hear heavy footsteps right above me, and it very clearly sounded as if a large man in heavy boots was pacing back and forth from one end of the second floor to the other for around five or ten minutes. My mom told me that our dog was only reacting to a neighbour's dog barking outside, which I never heard once during those occurrences, and the sound of footsteps was nothing more than the house settling. At this point, I knew there really was no rational explanation for the footsteps at least, and I knew damn well what I had heard, but it wasn't worth arguing. The activity did not escalate in any way that I remember until I was in the middle of my teen years. By that point, I was extremely depressed and dealing with severe undiagnosed anxiety. On top of my own issues, I spent years in an on and off extremely toxic relationship with someone who had similar issues but worse, which of course just perpetuated the issues I was already failing to cope with. I was an absolute mess, and I'm not sure I even knew it. My energy was obviously extremely negative and chaotic, which I do believe can either act as a magnet for more of the same energy and paranormal activity, or stir up that which was already there. The escalation began literally overnight with a specific and vividly realistic nightmare that something dangerous and invisible was in my room with me. In this nightmare, I was in my actual bedroom, except as it really was, which is extremely unusual as most dreams I have about a particular place are nothing like the real thing. Only one thing was different. There was a twin-sized bed in the corner of the room my dog used to stare at, which in reality was an empty corner. I could not see any sort of figure, shadow being, or anything else like that. But the sheets were continuously moving around on that bed, and I could hear an extremely unsettling sound that is just burned into my memory. The only way I can describe it would be to say that it sounded like a death rattle. This was a sound I would not hear in reality until years later, and when I did, it was in person, and it was an absolutely jarring experience. For those who do not know, I will spare you the details of exactly what a death rattle is, but I will tell you that it is an awful thing to hear coming out of a person. I remember being incredibly angry and scared, and desperately wishing that whatever was in my room with me would just go away. I screamed at it to leave and threw things at it, even though I could only sense where it was rather than seeing its exact location. Standing up for myself sent intense, nervous chills all over my entire body, a sensation I've never once experienced in any other dream. A few other strange things happened in the nightmare after that, but none are all that relevant to my story. When it ended, I did not feel as though I simply woke up, The bed in the corner simply faded, becoming more and more transparent until it no longer existed and the room was real again. 
I was awake and staring at the empty corner, feeling as though I seamlessly transitioned from dream to reality with no idea when I actually woke up. I do not blatantly believe in demons. However, I am open to their existence. Aside from the fact that it seemed to be a sudden opening of a doorway, it just felt so negative and malevolent that it made me wonder if it was more than just a bad dream or a manifestation of negative energy. And I still don't know. After that, my bedroom seemed to become a focal point of regular paranormal occurrences and strange feelings. I experienced everything from hearing heavy footsteps, clothes hangers clanking together, and scratching on my bedroom and bathroom doors all at night. I would also wake up occasionally to the creaky floorboard at the end of my bed, sounding as if someone were shifting their weight back and forth on it, and would regularly feel as if I was being watched or was not alone. I would often wake up in the mornings to find that objects were in different locations than where I had left them, or they would be gone altogether only to reappear days or even weeks later. I will admit I was fairly messy as a teenager, but usually the things that would disappear would be important things that I would not misplace, like money I had saved up or my favourite piece of jewellery. Occasionally friends would stay over and experience the same things, but the scratching on the doors was the most regularly reported disturbance. One night I had maybe six or seven friends over and we all crammed into my room to sleep, a few of which were boys, which was something my mom did not allow. She was out of town and I usually took advantage of the freedom without doing anything too bad. In the morning I noticed a picture frame that had been on the wall near my head was on the floor on the opposite side of the room. One of the girls there told me that she had seen it fly off the wall in the middle of the night, somehow missing all of the people sleeping on the floor. Another night I had two friends over, one of which was that same girl, and she was in my bed while the other was out cold on the floor. I was half asleep and facing the wall when I felt someone sit down on the end of the bed. The girl in my bed had her back to me too, and she asked if I had just sat down at the end of the bed. I said no, and we both sat straight up and watched the butt-shaped indent at the end of my bed disappear. After my mom and stepdad had gone away for a weekend, my mom came home and came upstairs to put her suitcase away in the other bedroom which was used for storage. She called me in in an obviously angry tone, sarcastically asking if I'd been looking for something. I walked in to see that the room was completely trashed. Boxes dumped out and smashed, things scattered everywhere and a metal dress rack that had not only fallen over but had been bent as well. Absolutely nothing was missing and no other rooms in the house had been touched. Even stranger, I had not left the house all weekend and never heard a single sound from that room. I had a couple of friends over but we were laid back, well, generally behaved teenagers that never would have done something like that. I was moody but I wasn't a destructive asshole. I defended myself and my friends and the issue was quickly dismissed. Another night around that same time my mom heard someone walking around upstairs but upon investigation found no one else in the house and dismissed that as well. The other experiences I had around that time were specifically centred around my ex-boyfriend that I mentioned earlier. When I was 17 or 18 he was over late at night and I told him that I wanted to break up, so heavy emotions were flying around. I sat in bed while he stood in the corner of the room. It was dark other than my small television right behind him and as we were talking I saw movement out of the corner of my eye. From my left, at the side of my bed, I saw a black foggy mass 
that grew taller as it moved across the room, bringing an intense heaviness with it. As it moved, it partially blocked out the light of the television. It was partially transparent and passed behind his back where it vanished. The energy in the room became so unstable and negative that it took every bit of strength I had not to ask him to spend the night. It didn't register until later on how concerning it was that the mass disappeared once it passed behind him. We were on and off for around four years, as we had great highs and really bad lows and I was too selfish to let him move on, so this was not our final breakup. We spent a lot of time in his room, which was a finished basement bedroom that also had a living room. I never felt strange or uncomfortable down there, but on one particular night something was shockingly different. The moment I crossed the threshold into his room I felt an intense and negative weight on my entire body, especially my chest and shoulders, that felt like it was just pushing me down like it was made of lead. I felt severely unsafe and my gut was just repeatedly screaming at me to run along with what felt like sirens going off in my head. It felt like my life was in immediate danger in the same sense as if I were walking alone at night and knew I was being followed by a group of people with violent intentions. I say group because it felt like I was surrounded, not just followed. I had an overwhelming feeling that I should not turn my back to one particular side of the room but had no idea why. Everything I was feeling felt so irrational and baseless, so I tried my best to ignore it all. The feeling did not come from him, but rather the room itself. I lasted no longer than 20 minutes before I was shaking from the fear that I was feeling and felt that I absolutely had to leave. The moment I exited his house, I felt almost entirely normal again. He and I talked once I got home and I apologised and explained myself. He admitted to me that he had been in a dark place lately and had cursed and renounced God. We had both severed our ties with religion around this time, but I had done it in a much healthier way and he had begun practicing black magic. Ultimately, he said he was regularly attempting to summon a demon that he wanted to call into himself. Though I am open to these things, I can't say I legitimately believe in them. I do, however, believe that actions like this can manifest incredibly negative energy, and it explained why I felt the way I did. I've never once felt anything as intensely negative as I did that night, not even back in that same room. A few months after our final breakup and completely cutting all ties with each other, the energy in the room shifted and something new began to happen. I got ready for the day on the floor, at the foot of a tall mirror and kept my hair straightener on a towel to keep it from burning the carpet. One day I returned home from work, to find it on the floor and burning the carpet. I assumed it was my forgetfulness because I am rather forgetful, so I simply turned it off, put it back and went about my night. I woke up in the middle of the night that night and smelled something burning and found the straightener burning through my carpet again. I was positive I had turned it off and put it back as it had an on-off switch, not a button that could malfunction. So the next morning I unplugged it to ensure that it did not happen again. That evening when I returned home, I found my straightener on the end of my bed, plugged back in and turned on, burning through my comforter. This happened for maybe three days or so every night when I got home and in the middle of each night. Then, out of the blue, I got a text from my ex. He asked me if the activity in my room had changed or gotten worse. When I said yes and asked what the fuck was going on, he told me that he was teaching his new girlfriend black magic 
and that she was trying to hex me or send a demon to my house or something along those lines. After he said he took care of it, it never happened again. Now, the strangest thing to me out of everything that happened was the fact that the energy and the occurrences were not consistent at all. There were periods where my room was uncomfortable at best and even hostile at times. Others where it was active but harmless and times where it felt quiet and safe. I have no idea what would have caused those shifts in energy, as they never seemed to mirror my emotional state. I moved out of my mom's house around 10 years ago, but up until a year or so ago I was having nightmares about my old bedroom. The same exact nightmare would reoccur two to three times a year, and always had a far worse effect on me than any other nightmares I ever had. The room is completely empty, and the orange glow the night sky has after it snows is the only light that exists in the room. I can hear something in there with me, but I cannot see anything at all. Sometimes it's small noises, sometimes it's the same death rattle I heard in my original nightmare. I can always sense where the entity is, which is directly where the head of my bed used to be, rather than in the original corner I always sensed it in. I stay as close to the door as I can, sobbing, hysterical, and desperately trying to open it to no avail. I always wake up completely shaken and almost always crying, and have a lot of trouble shaking it off and getting back to sleep. My sister, who was 12 years older than me, only lived in that house for a short period of time in her 20s, and to my knowledge never experienced anything at all, nor had I ever discussed my experiences with her. A couple of years ago she told me that she has these strange nightmares about my old bedroom every so often, some where her children are trapped in it, some where there is a fire and some where she can simply see what is in the room. She described it as a sharp shadowy figure that reminds her of a bat. She then told me that most of the time that she has these nightmares, I am the one who is trapped in the room and she knows there is something evil in there with me but cannot get the door open to get me out or cannot get into the house at all. She asked me if that meant anything to me and I told her everything. She was so freaked out when I told her that she no longer feels comfortable letting her children spend the night there, as my old bedroom is now the guest room. I'm 29 now, and my mom recently told me that she does believe the things I told her were true. She knows we heard footsteps upstairs and knows I was truthful about the other things I experienced. I now understand that she simply handled those things the way she felt was best for me believing that feeling into it would only make it worse. It saddens me to know she feels guilty about the way she handled it, but I know she did the best she could given it was not a typical issue for a parent to deal with. Now I have one last thing to share about this house. At some point my mom informed me that a previous resident that lived in her house during the early 1990s had murdered his neighbour. A man and his teenage son lived there and a young married woman who lived across the street was having an affair with the son. According to news articles, the woman claims her husband was abusive and had been abusing teenage girls. She was 16 and he was 31 when they began their relationship, so who knows what else he had been doing. There are multiple sides to the story, all of course contradicting each other, but the verdict was that the woman convinced the teenage boy to kill her husband, who was shot and killed by the boy while he slept. The murder did not happen in the house or even nearby, but my best guess is that he must have been a very troubled person and may easily have manifested some very negative energy while living in what is now my mom's house. So Brie, going back to the very beginning of your story, I do, I honestly think that some people just have a bit of intuition about buildings, houses, places, whatever you call that, whether it's a knowing, 
whether it is something about being sensitive, I don't know. And I always think it's really interesting that a lot of our stories start with families who are going through turmoil. So like parents going through a divorce and whether or not, you know, that causes great strain on the family. And for some families, a divorce is, is often the best option for making everybody happier. But it obviously causes some sort of strain on the family. And I do wonder if what you're saying is right. If like, whatever it is, stirs up the energy in the house so the energy of the people living in the house stirs up the energy of whatever else is in the house or even if the energy of the people living in the house creates something I don't know but obviously your dog sensed something in the room when you described how you would terrifyingly wake up and he would just be standing on the end of your bed still as a statue staring into the darkest corner at the opposite end of the room not not something that you um would want to wake up to to be honest and it's like I you know Never mind bringing a spirit box to your paranormal investigation. Just bring some dogs. Bring some dogs and you will find the ghosts in no time. And it really sounds like you had so much activity going on in this house, you know, from obviously sensing things in your room and that feeling of dread of being in your room and then the footsteps going on. And I know later you talked about things appearing and disappearing and turning on and off. And look, I know that your ex-boyfriend was clearly going through some stuff as were you but I'm just gonna say it he sounds like a knob and like you Brie I don't necessarily believe in demons but I'm not gonna judge anybody else's belief in them and I'm open to the fact that they may exist but despite the fact that I don't believe in them I'm not gonna be sitting around practicing black magic trying to get a demon to come into me I've seen the exorcist I know how that goes. It it ends with a dead priest. That's how it ends. And I've never ever been in a fight in my life. I've never hit another human being. But if I found out that my ex-boyfriend's new girlfriend was trying to hex me, I'd be like, first of all, girl, get a hold of yourself. Second of all, ex-boyfriend, stop stirring the pot, sending text messages saying, oh, she's trying to hex you. And third of all, stop trying to set me on fire with my hair straighteners because that would annoy me. That, That would be my... That would be my final straw and I, I, I'd i consider getting into a fight. I would, I'd consider it. And I think for your sake, Brie, like it doesn't make things any easier or any better, but I'm glad you sort of got the validation of your sister and your mom as you got older. Like it's wild that your sister was having all these nightmares about your bedroom specifically, despite her having not experienced anything in the home. And I'm glad that your mom was able to turn around to go, look, I did what I had to do. I didn't want to feed into your beliefs. I didn't want to freak you out anymore. But yes, I... I I believe you like I know that things happened in the house and that story took a wild turn at the end and it's like you said at the beginning maybe it is about energy maybe that's what it's all about thank you so much for listening to today's episode thank you to Brie for sending in your story remember if you would like to send in your stories you can do so by emailing them to reallifeghoststoriespodcast at gmail.com you can also check out the website reallifeghoststoriespodcast.com and if you are desperate for some extra content you can subscribe to the patreon that is patreon.com forward slash real life ghost stories where for $5 a month or $2 a month you get access to heaps of extra content as well as every single main and mini episode completely ad free. And on that note, I should see you next time. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. 
And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. 